Welcome to Conversations with Doc Martin. This video series focuses on extraordinary people doing extraordinary things. Today is certainly no exception. We are joined by Dr. Dan Janader. Dan is a doctor of physical therapy who's been practicing in an orthopedic setting since he graduated in 2017. In the pandemic, he started to share some of his knowledge on social media to help people deal with their aches and pains in the comfort of their own home. This has led him to over 170,000 followers on Instagram and 770,000 followers on TikTok. His videos are educational, entertaining, and we are super excited to welcome Dr. Dan to continue to spread his message of physical health here on our channel. So Dan, welcome to you. We really appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for having me. I couldn't be happier to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So let, let's talk a little bit about your background. I, I certainly summarized you're a doctor of physical therapy, treating you know patients full time and the pandemic hits. So, so walk us through a little bit of uh, you know what made you want to become a physical therapist and then bring us through the pandemic. Gotcha. So first things first, the only thing that I ever wanted to be was a professional baseball player. Nice. Uh, other than that, everything was secondary. I played baseball my whole life. I played baseball through undergrad. Mm -hmm. um, and undergrad is kind of where I really honed in on physical therapy as a profession. It became pretty clear that baseball was not going to be in my future. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of arm trouble, which again, kind of directed me towards physical therapy. But mm -hmm. I knew that I didn't want to work a desk job. I knew that I for sure wanted to work in a setting where I was able to help people. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be around active people and be around movement. Um, and I didn't want to work with anybody that was sick. And I didn't want to be around any kind of blood. And I didn't mm -hmm. want to be around any kind of life or death situations. Okay. So when you put all that together, uh, physical therapy seems to be the, 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 the most appropriate path. So I went to, I did my undergraduate degree in exercise science at the University of Buffalo, and I mm -hmm. stayed there for my physical therapy schooling, which is a three-year doctorate program. Mm -hmm. While in physical therapy school, I did internships all over the country. I did one in Boston. I did one in Manhattan, one in San Francisco, basically with the goal of just getting as many different experiences with as many different people as possible. And mm -hmm. I eventually settled in Indianapolis to be close to my girlfriend who was going to dental school at mm -hmm. IU at the time, uh, the downtown campus. And I have been living and working in Indianapolis ever since. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of ironic. We have that dental connection, isn't it? So uh, yeah. we, were, <laughs> we were talking about that before uh, we hit record. It's, it's a very small dental world that, that exists. So super fun that your girlfriend uh, is an orthodontist. I think that's awesome. And so talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, how the whole video thing started, TikTok, Instagram, uh, were, you, were you on it to any significant degree before the pandemic? Or was this a complete pandemic thing where you were like, all right, well, what are we going to do now? What, tell us about that. It was a purely pandemic thing. Mm -hmm. So I work in a pretty unique setting. It's an outpatient setting, but it mm -hmm. exists in an office building, a big office building, mm -hmm. uh, the government center for Indiana. So all okay. the government employees that work in person for the state, come and work in this massive uh, campus where yeah. we also operate a clinic where I am the physical therapist. Got it. Uh, on any given normal day, 8,000 people come to work and I had had a very full schedule treating people. We also have in the clinic, we have a PA and a medical assistant. We, we have a dentist. 
Um, oh, we have cool. a nutritionist, we have a, a psychologist. So it's a one-stop shop for everybody that works there. But of course, in the pandemic, everybody stopped working. Yeah. I, uh, there were a few weeks where I had absolutely no patience. I had mm-hmm. no caseload. I had nothing to do. And as a part of that, nothing to do. I downloaded TikTok mm-hmm. and much like many other people, I got completely lost in the app and it, it sucked me in and, and held me pretty hard. Yeah. I, uh, there was one week where I set, I spent an upsetting amount of time on it. And <laughs> I thought to myself, I can't keep spending all this time on this app without any kind of production coming out of it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I had seen some other, whether they be chiropractors or other physical therapists, or even members of the fitness industry, I'd, I'd, I'd seen them post. And I was like, I'd, I'm pretty sure I could do that. And if I start doing that, it'll give me an excuse to, to be on the app and not feel so bad about it. Right. And, and so I started posting and a couple went completely viral and Mm -hmm. I've just been growing the page ever since I just have, I have not stopped since I started posting in uh, May of May of the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I must've found you on Instagram in particular soon after you started um, and, and I was just fascinated because, because of my own trials and tribulations, becoming disabled as a dentist, I've, I've had quite a number of physical therapists and in, including, uh, one here in, in Phoenix that that's a friend as well. And so I just thought, well, this is kind of interesting. And so, you know, I, I, I love your content. I love, you know, it's entertaining. You, you definitely have a sense of humor about you and, and which is kind of needed to get people's attention, particularly when it comes to something medical. Um, and so, you know, when you think about where you are today in terms of number of followers versus when you started and things went viral, like, how, tell us about your level of surprise about how this took off. <laughs> uh, the entire thing has been surprising. Yeah. Uh, when I, oh, when I first started, it wasn't just an excuse to use TikTok and feel good about it. I was also mm-hmm terrified that I had no caseload and it was very possible that my job was going to be taken away because we just couldn't sustain as, Mm -hmm. as a practice with when Mm -hmm. there's nobody to treat. Sure. And I wasn't quite sure how long the pandemic was going to last. It seems like we're still very much in it. Um, And I thought I was trying to think of ways that I could maintain some level of income using physical Mm -hmm. therapy, but in a Mm -hmm. way that couldn't be taken away from me as easily. Sure. And everybody has a phone and I have a camera. And I thought that maybe one day I can start to get enough followers that I can get some ads or whatever, but never, never did I ever think it was, it was going to become this big. So Mm -hmm. the, the whole thing has just been a wild ride and I, I still can't really quite wrap my head around it. So it's much easier to just pretend that all those follower numbers are fake and, and just keep, <laughs> just keep trying to post like I normally do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, when you, when you think about your progression in your videos, uh, the one, let's just say the first 10 versus, you know, some of the ones I saw you release some today, the day that we're recording, um, how, how much time does that typically take you to, to produce these? When I first started, I could probably, churn out a 30 second TikTok in maybe 15 to 20 minutes. Okay. Uh, really kind of make sure everything was framed and figure out my voice and, and how I was going to say things. And mm-hmm. I've gotten that number down to, I could probably make a 30 second TikTok now 
in five minutes. Okay. And it, the production value is, is still much higher. It just, I've, I feel like I've kind of conquered the learning curve a little bit. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I should take some lessons from you because I haven't, <laughs> I do, I do reels here and there, but I haven't, I haven't really jumped into TikTok yet, but um and, and when you think about your videos, like what are some of your favorites that you've done, whether it's a video specifically or even a topic um, that you've that you've focused on? So the most helpful ones that I think I've done mm -hmm. and helpful ones and ones that are kind of my favorites are, are kind of different. But mm -hmm. the most helpful ones that I've done, I did a whole week on knees mm -hmm. and never did I realize how many people out there are dealing with knee trouble. Um, yes. So <laughs> when I did my week on knees, that took me from about 300,000 followers all the way to 600,000 followers, just, wow. just for a week on, on knees. Wow. And a lot of the, the content that I try to put out there is more informational than anything, because yep. you, you can't really give any helpful advice to the yes. masses in 20 seconds. Yep. So most of what I try to do is just present information and present what options you might have if yeah. you align with that information and tens of thousands of comments of people saying that, Oh, I didn't realize that that was a normal thing. I didn't realize that I could be helped or, mm -hmm. Oh, I had talked to my doctor and he said there was nothing I could do, but take pain medication. And now I know that I have another option. Yeah. And so those, those kinds of responses are certainly the most rewarding. That's awesome. Um, I think the most fun one that I ever did was when the, the walk dance was really popular on, mm -hmm. on TikTok. What I did was I took that dance and I took the end ranges of all of the varying positions of the dance. And I turned each one into a stretch or a yoga position. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and every time I watch it, even to this day, it, it still makes me laugh. It's probably mm -hmm. the only, like the only video I've ever posted that, that kind of makes me laugh. And so that's, probably the that's awesome the that's probably my favorite that's my sneaky yeah favorite. that's that's awesome that yeah it's it's it, it's always interesting to kind of go back and look at your body of work and what your favorite is versus you know what potentially tracks with the audience regardless of of the topic itself um what, what do you think are some of the biggest lessons you've learned in in this little tiktok journey of yours probably the biggest lesson that i've learned is just a new appreciation for how little information there is on conservative therapy or conservative means for recovering mm -hmm. from something. Mm -hmm. I, of course, live and work as a physical therapist, so I have exposure to it, but for the most part, I have repeat patients that sure. have been in physical therapy before, or mm -hmm. people have been referred to physical therapy mm -hmm. from a, another provider. And so they have a general idea of what's going on before they get to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now that I have a voice to just the general population, I've gained a really new appreciation for just how little people know about what else is out there. Because for the most part, you go see a, a GP after straining your back or hurting mm -hmm. yourself, and mm -hmm. they're going to prescribe you some pain medication and, and tell you to go, you know, lay down for a week. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of these issues start. It's a mm -hmm. tweak that is probably a little bit more than a tweak. And then resting that for two to three weeks, all of a sudden now it turns into a bigger thing. And then by the time you end up getting to a physical therapist, it, it, it's so late in the process that the recovery turns into a real project. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so now that now I feel like I'm able to get to people a little earlier and they know if like, oh, I have a little tweak in the ankle where maybe I can just try this thing that I saw on TikTok. And then mm-hmm. hopefully it never turns into that what it would have turned into otherwise. Sure. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's interesting because you mentioned a couple moments ago about the, the fact that you, know, you got to be careful in air quotes, you know, the, the kind of advice you give over, over a video and, and, you know, kudos to you because those are the kinds of things I, I typically watch for. I mean, obviously I'm a dentist, not a physical therapist, but yet still feel I know enough where I'm like, Oh, that was really well done because of how you said it, what you said it. And, how to advise people going forward. And so, you know, what you're doing is, is such a great service to everybody. And, and also, um, you know, very effectively towing that line of information versus diagnosis or, or giving advice. So I, I think that's, that's really fantastic. So I wanted to well, kind of just talk to you about, you know, Dan, the person, I, I know we were chatting before we, we came on, uh, on the line and we mentioned earlier, you know, you've been with your girlfriend a, a number of years and she happens to be an orthodontist, which is hysterical. And, uh, uh, so tell, you know, what, how do you think your friends would describe you, Dr. Dan? Boy, um, I think they would describe me as loyal, mm-hmm. uh, funny. Yeah honest um boy i'll have to ask him you know i don't really (laughs) (laughs) no i think that's great yeah no i I, think those would be the those would be some of the the major pillars though those would be the keys i would say absolutely funny honest loyal and and it's reflected in your channel if you think about it it's funny it's honest it's you know trying to help people without kind of going over that line i think i think that makes a lot of sense so um you know, in, in terms of your training, you've, you've lived in a number of different areas in the country. And so, you know, which one would you, would you think was your favorite in terms of where you've kind of hung your hat over the years? I would say my favorite probably is here in Indianapolis where I am right now. And mm-hmm. that might be simply a product of the fact that I'm actually making money and I, okay. can, <laughs> I can go to restaurants yeah. and I can go to bars yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Uh, the most fascinating place that I was. So I'm from a town called Poughkeepsie, New York, which Uh is about 60 miles due north of Manhattan, right up the Hudson line. Yep. And I did a three month internship in Manhattan in a clinic that was in the MetLife building, which is attached Mm -hmm. to Grand Central. So right smack Mm -hmm. dab in the, in the middle of everything. And that was probably the most fascinating place that I'll ever work Mm -hmm. because everybody was either a high powered lawyer or accountant, or Mm -hmm. they were a creative. Interesting. And so I would have days where I would go from treating this aloof writer to the most intense accountant that you've ever met in your life, because he's (laughs) there for 40 minutes and 40 minutes is all he has. And he's got to get in and out of there. And that was a really good lesson on, you know, those, both those patients are not going to respond to the same thing. Right. You kind of have to treat them differently and, and, Mm -hmm. and go about things a different way. And and so that was probably the most fascinating and interesting place that I've worked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's uh, New New York is, is certainly a melting pot. And uh, late, later this season, uh, Chris Kane is going to be on, who's uh, been on Broadway and kinky boots. And um, he's going to talk about his experiences on Broadway and, and, you know, the pandemic and and those kind of things. So that'll be a fun interview, I think as well. So 
Yeah, That'll be great. I actually, uh, I once treated a Broadway stage director while I was uh -huh. there. And uh, my girlfriend was coming to visit because at the time she was in Indiana and I was mm -hmm. in New York City. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just dropped the fact that, oh, my girlfriend's coming. He's like, oh, do you have any plans? And I was like, well, we're going to try and get to a show, wink, wink. <laughs> and he goes, uh, oh, do you want to see my show? And I was like, yeah. And sure. so he left us two tickets at Will Call. Uh, mm -hmm. my, me and my girlfriend showed up. We claimed the tickets. They were like fifth row center stage. We go and sit down. He comes up at the start of the show. He's like, is everything comfortable? Are you doing okay? And I was like, yeah, this is, this is yeah. awesome. At intermission, the house manager came over and asked the same questions. And people are looking around being like, who is this? Who is this? Like, who is this? And I, uh, I, I, nudged, I nudged my girlfriend and I was like, hey, listen, this is, this is the coolest thing that's ever going to happen. So just yeah. soak this in because I don't know if we're ever going to get this again. Oh, but yeah, that's hysterical. Growing up in Poughkeepsie and, and having that, that experience, I've, I've been to oh, probably about 10 Broadway shows and I've got a, I've got a really a, a deep appreciation for that, for that art form. So I'm sure that yeah. would be a great interview. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, you just made me think, you know, that, that 10 year old kid in, in Poughkeepsie, if, if you could go back today and, and talk to 10 year old Dan, um, what would you tell him? 10 year old Dan was extremely self-conscious. Mm -hmm. uh, I was always really tall, really gangly. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm currently six foot eight. Um, and so I, I obviously got started up the growing tree pretty young sure. and I just was, it took a very long time to be comfortable in my own skin. I never really mm -hmm. left the house at all. I was, I didn't have a, I had a good amount of friends in school, but not a lot of friends that I would go to houses with. And mm -hmm. I think I learned a lot going through that, but also I'd like to tell 10 year old Dan, like, just get out of your head and get out there, man. Like, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Like people yeah. are nice and you're going to be great. Like just go do things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that would be a, that would be my bit of advice for young, for young Dan. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. I, I love that. And, and if, if we can stay on this uh, uh, trajectory of advice for a moment, like, you know, there's, there's lots of athletes in the world, lots of people interested in physical therapy, physical th fitness. And, you know, when you think about your own career, you know, TikTok stuff aside, um, you know, what, what kinds of things might you say to somebody that was thinking about physical therapy? For the most part, anytime a student asks me that is interested in getting into physical therapy, mm -hmm. the two things that I always tell them are one, uh, make sure that you really have a, a wanting to help people. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have a good time in physical therapy, it's because you would, you genuinely enjoy helping people and getting people to a place that they couldn't have gotten to themselves and improving their quality of life. Absolutely. Uh, and then the second thing that I tell them is that you need to have a curiosity and an appreciation for the human body. If you're able to be interested enough in the human body to view everybody as a puzzle and, mm -hmm. and understand how things are connected and how things work together and, and you get enjoyment out of finding the, the little differences to figure out why every ACL, every ACL reconstruction is a little different. Every ankle sprain is a little different. The causes are all different. If you're curious enough to dive deep and find it interesting enough as a puzzle 
and you want to help people, mm-hmm. it's going to be a, it's going to be a pretty great profession for you. Mm-hmm. I love that being, being curious and, and looking at things as a puzzle. It's kind of almost like uh, when I talk to some of my coaching clients, it's like, well, is this a problem or is this an opportunity? Like what, what is a different way that we can look at this to kind of change the conversation, to, to open up our mind, to look for possibilities? Um, Cause as you said, every, every ACL repair is a little different. Every ankle sprain is different. And so in that difference is where we can find our inspiration. I, I guess that's a hundred percent. And to your point, when you, when you're dealing with a person in pain, mm-hmm. it's very easy for that person to get lost in that pain and to feel mm-hmm. down about their pain and to sure. have that pain really take over and only focus on the negative parts of it. Absolutely. And a lot of, if you're a, a good physical therapist and you're, you're genuinely trying to help somebody, you get them to not focus on the pain and focus on the problem. Well, what got us here? Here's the problem. And here are a bunch of solutions. Um, If I look at somebody and let's say they have some neck tension, Mm -hmm. one of the more common causes of neck tension is weakness in the rotator cuff, Mm -hmm. because now the neck muscles have to overwork for work that the rotator cuff cannot do. Mm -hmm. And I test their rotator cuff strength. And I mean, I can move their, I can move their arm with one finger. I mean, mm-hmm. it is weak. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to feel if you're in the patient's shoes, self-conscious about that weakness, worried about that weakness. And then I always try to change it to be like, no, like, this is awesome. Look at yeah. how much you have to work on. I, love I would be concerned. I would be concerned if you had a strong rotator, like if your rotator cuff was a 10 out of 10 strength then I would be concerned. Mm-hmm. But now everything makes sense. Like, of yeah. course, this is weak. And that's why this is happening. Like, look at all this room we have to grow. And kind of right. changing that story is a, is a big part of my practice. That, that's incredible. You know, I'm, I'm a huge uh, positive psychology, personal development fan. And um, what one of the uh, pieces of research I love has always been by Barbara Fredrickson. And she talks about the broaden and build theory. And just how we work as how our brains work as human beings. And, you know, when we're primed to be open and positive, we actually see things differently. We see more of a given image than just the distracting detail that's, that's right in front of us. And it's, it's a fascinating thing because, um, you know, when, when you get uh, too stuck in, let's say a differential diagnosis, you know, because you're getting uh, uh, um, distracted by some initial presenting signs, it can lead you down the wrong path. And that's not medicine or physical therapy. That's life. Right. Mm -hmm. And we get distracted by those things. And so I love that. I think that's fantastic to, to really have that open aperture. Cause you're right. I mean, I, I have been a chronic pain sufferer myself and it can be incredibly frustrating and debilitating um, to live that way. uh, Particularly because it's not like you wear a sign around your neck saying, Oh, I'm in pain. And so um, you know, there's a lot of embarrassment of having to ask for help. And, you know, I remember one time I was in an airplane and had to ask somebody cause I was having a bad day to put my bag up, you know? And I remember they kind of looked at me like, well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's like, well, there's a lot wrong with me. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that that positivity is, is absolutely fantastic. Um, what, what are, um, I'm just kind of curious back to, um, kind of the social media presence stuff, like, you know, what are some of the kind of the odder kind of things that people have asked or, or, or stated I, social media is such an odd playground. And, um, 
I, I call it keyboard bravery. What, what kind of crazy stuff has come up over the years, over the last year and a half for you? So <laughs> um, a lot of stuff, certainly I'd, I'd care not to share. Of course. Um, I figured that would be answer number one. I figured that, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of that kind of stuff is just the pure, you know, with, especially with TikTok. Yeah. Uh, at least where TikTok was, I mean, it still is that way today. I think I've just trained the algorithm enough to get out of that side of TikTok. Yeah. But there is a lot of over-sexualization of people and, mm -hmm. you know, the thirst trap culture and, and yep. things like that. So yep. a lot of the the interesting comments that I get are, are from that side of TikTok, certainly sure. kind of the objectification and things like sure. that. And so I do have about 40 words that I've blocked in my comment section and they're all related to that. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, other than that, um, the comments, especially now that I've gotten bigger, I, when I was a smaller creator, a lot of it was that kind of Stop. objectification and things like that. And it was all kinds of stuff. But now that I've gotten a little bigger and people are used to seeing my face and they kind of mm -hmm. know what I'm about, my comment section has gotten overly appropriate. Like it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's been, oh, good. it's been wonderful. And That's then the only, now the only odd comment that I get is somebody that's just so confused about what I'm trying to present because they, they just have no exposure to, mm -hmm. to the human body and don't have that, that same background of education. Yeah. And then I just kind of view that as a, a teaching opportunity more than anything else. Yeah. No, I think that's great. You know, cause uh, you know, I, I pale in comparison in terms of followers to you, but e even still you get those inappropriate comments, the spam comments, all that, all that kind of crazy stuff. And, you know, there, there's so much, um, just telling with not a lot of listening in the world, uh, particularly on social media that, that you know, the, the common um, courteous, intelligent discourses uh, in, in many ways kind of gone out the window on, on certain areas of, of uh, the social universe. So yeah, I just, it's kind of something I'm always uh, kind of intrigued to ask. And I've heard similar from others as well, where it's like, when you start out, it's kind of in that, in that vein. And then as with, with stick to itiveness and, and people understanding what your message is and what you're trying to do, it, it, it gets more into the, you know, helpful, um, normal space, shall we say. But, um, so cool. Well, you know, what, what's, uh, what's next for you? Where do you envision yourself uh, in the next couple of years? So I currently work with a company called TX team mm -hmm. and TX team is the company that provides these on-site physical therapy clinics. Mm -hmm. And we have a few all over the country and mm -hmm. I am definitely going to stick with the company, but mm -hmm. on the horizon, my role within that company is going to change mm -hmm. to give me more time to dive into YouTube, to make oh, cool. longer form, longer form, uh, educational videos. Mm -hmm. Also possibly do some more speaking engagements, uh, Excellent. possibly start a a podcast myself perhaps, and then cool. maybe write a book. Uh, right now I'm going to try and take advantage of the momentum that I've built up as much as possible, mm -hmm. just so I can try to help and spread the word to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. And I plan on taking it as far as it will go, just like I've done thus far. Mm -hmm. And then if, if people happen to, to stop caring and things teeter out, then I'll just pack my bags and go right back to being a normal physical therapist. But <laughs> Uh, 
TX team and my and I and myself have are kind of on the same page of well let's see let's see exactly where this thing will go if we put if we put a little bit more time into it. That's great. No, kudos to you, I guess, because um, I remember last week or the week before you were posting about how, you know, when this started, you just started making videos. And now you're flying across the country to make these produce videos. And now I've just put two and two together. So that's fantastic. So kudos to you for that. So that's awesome. So, you know, I always kind of like to wrap up with kind of a more thought provoking question, if you will. And so if, if you had to, if you had to think about uh, your audience and you think about your own journey and you just, there's someone there that you're interacting with and, and they're kind of in their own way, trying to make their own way, regardless of what it is, like, what would you say to that person? If they're kind of just lost in the world or, yeah. or kind of down and out or yeah. yeah, if there's one thing that I've learned treating people in pain, uh, mm -hmm. especially with the chronic pain, with that depression tie-in, and maybe they can't work their normal job and they can't see their friends like they used to. And, mm -hmm. and that's, a, that's a pretty normal occurrence. The mm -hmm. one thing that I've learned is just, just talk to them. Yeah. Just have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Just have a normal conversation about anything that you can find to connect over, whether it's cooking or Marvel movies, Mm -hmm. or the weather, or mm -hmm. your favorite sports team, mm -hmm. just restoring some level of normalcy and talking about something that doesn't involve their pain. Mm -hmm. And then using that as a means to, to grow a relationship. And then when they're ready, people will always come to you, I feel like. Absolutely. If you're, if you've been, if you've done a good job of, of being a good listener, and you've done a good job of just having a conversation, when, mm -hmm. when people are ready, then they'll come to you. And I think that part's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because right. they'll, they'll tell you everything they need, they need to get off their chest. If you're just mm -hmm. willing to sit there and listen. And then that's, that's what it's all about is really the listening and just knowing that, that they're there for you. Yeah. That, that human connection, uh, that's universal, you know, bridge, bridging gaps, despite where we all come from and having different backgrounds and different experiences and so forth. So that's fantastic. Well, I really want to thank you for your time today. This has been super fun and, and enlightening. And uh, it's really been a, a great way to kind of uh, talk to the man behind the videos, if you will. And so I want to sincerely thank Dr. Dan for his time today. And we're going to have all of your, your TikTok and your Instagram links in, in the comments section below. And uh, you know, for everybody listening, I certainly invite you to go ahead and subscribe and click those notifications so you don't miss any of our future interviews in season two. And as I always like to conclude our interview discussions, I just want y'all to remember that life speaks to you. And if you think it doesn't, you're not listening. Take care. Thanks, Dan. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care.